0: Okay, good morning everybody. hope everybody is well. Now the week, the opportunity for growth to get a little bit better, just a little better every single week, that's the goal. We're talking a little bit about this concept of thoughts and feelings. And when you get into the world of thoughts and feelings, it's very complex because it's hard to know what's in our control what's out of our control it's hard to feel certain things and to control that right we're talking about sort of very high levels of mind control that i don't know if i have or most people actually have most of us are completely sort of we move like you know like like reeds in the wind to our feelings it's nearly impossible to control it at least that's how we feel And so much of our day so much of of our life is being experienced through thoughts that we have no control over we've been trying to delve into this world together if for no other reason other than to just try to find ways to just enhance it a little bit, right? Trying to find sort of little keys here and there just to create a little bit more of control. And if we can enhance our control in a few different places, and that adds up, it'll change how we go through our life. It's all centers around this concept that we have an obligation—really, it's a mitzvah, it's an obligation—and when 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 we learn from Rabbi Nachman that it's an obligation, really, what it tells us that it's is that it's possible, right? We don't have an obligation to be someone we're not, right? I happen to not be born as a kohen, as a priest. That's not my lineage, as far as I know. So I don't have an obligation to do the things that they have to do. It's not possible. It's not how I was, it's not, it's not the tribe, if you will, that I was born into. I'm not obligated to do things that it is impossible for me to do. But as soon as I'm obligated in something, it tells me that it's possible. And so if Rabbi Nachman comes in and says that we have this obligation to be always happy, what he's saying is that it's possible. We may not be dancing in the streets every day, but to fall under the category of happiness or empowerment, however we're going to define simcha, which is really a Hebrew word, but to fall into a world where we are empowered, always, is possible. And in order for us to get there, we have to be able to to understand what's causing it. Now I saw a beautiful idea. Recently. Uh, I, I saw it written. Based on a speech by. Y.Y. Y. Jacobson. He quoted the Lubavitcher. Listen to this beautiful idea. He spoke about how. If you, look, if you, remember, if you remember the story of Joseph. Joseph. If you remember was a slave. Imprisoned falsely imprisoned and then one day f- Pharaoh had a dream that no one could interpret right so he brings in all of his sorcerers and wise men and nobody can interpret the dream so the butler who two years earlier had a dream interpreted by, Jake, uh, by Joseph says hey there's a Hebrew slave in jail like he's pretty good at this stuff right so they whip him out and they put him in front of Pharaoh Pharaoh tells him a dream Joseph interprets it and like everyone's blown away so, what did Joseph do that was so revolutionary? Like, if you look at the interpretation of the dream, if you actually look at the actual dream, the fat cows, the skinny cows, skinny cows eat the fat cows, right? The fat grain, the the, the the thin grain, right? You know, it's not a crazy stretch to be like famine, right? Plenty. That's how they lived back then. Like... To us, it's like wow, it was incredible. But like, think about what it was like to live in agricultural society. Every single year, they were worried about that. Now, Egypt had the Nile. The Nile was different, but still, like, we're always. I mean, if if you follow like CNBC here, it's always like you know recession, right? Is it like is it their inflation, right? This is a you know where things are great, things are terrible, right? If you if you're following the markets, they're always talking about. The market's up. The market's down. The dollar's high. The dollar's low. Are we in a recession? Are we post recession? Are we about to? Like th- this is what economics talk about, right? If you follow sports, it's always like, are we going to the playoffs? Not going to the playoffs, right? Well, guess what? When you live in an agricultural society, they're always talking about grain and crops. So, like to zero in on like grains and crops, like that's not like he. he I mean, like, it was great, but like Joseph wasn't like on Tuesday morning you're gonna walk down the street and like, you know, you're gonna have a baby like out of nowhere. Like he he wasn't like predicting that, like there's gonna be locusts and blood in two hundred years from now. He wasn't predicting things out of nature. He saw good and bad and predicted food and not food. So the, this, this this approach by the labouchevsky was something fascinating it's very much connected to what we're talking about he said that in fact some of the wise men actually predicted famine also and plenty but there was one part that they couldn't understand if you look at the dream what happens is the skinny cows come out and eat the fat cows. Right? And the skinny grain... Consume the big grain. And the part of the dream... That the wise men of Egypt couldn't understand... Was... If each of these symbols... Represents different times... Right? Like plenty is fat... And, 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 uh, and famine is skinny then how could there be that there's a moment where the fat cow and the skinny cow exist together? Like at some point, they were together. Like either it's famine or it's plenty. How could you have famine and plenty at the same time? How could you have a situation where the cows are are together? How could that be that there's plenty and then there's fat and and there's skinny and there's famine at the same time? It would have had to have been as soon as the plenty ends and goes away, then the famine begins. So in the years of famine, it's still famine. It's not plenty. They couldn't understand the, the transition. Because in the dream, they had moments where the skinny and the fat were there together. The grains were there together. So how could it be that they were there together? And the brilliance of Joseph was that Joseph understood that the moments that they were together was the solution to the problem the reason why the dream included them being together for just those few moments whereas in real life as soon as plenty ends famine begins there's no moment where there's both plenty and famine they don't cross over it's an end and a beginning he understood that what the dream that God was giving Pharaoh was the solution to the problem Which is, if you think about famine during plenty, then you'll have plenty in famine. If while you're in plenty, you're aware that there will be a famine, then you're going to prepare yourself so that when the famine comes, there will still be plenty. The transition moment was actually the key to the whole puzzle. What Joseph brought wasn't plenty and famine. That was, like I said, like every economist is thinking recession, no recession. Every wise man in ancient Egypt was thinking famine and plenty. That's how they lived their lives. There's Every few minutes in the Bible, there's some other famine. What they couldn't get was the transition. And what Joseph realized... That the transition was the secret And that's why Pharaoh was so impressed by him Because as soon as he said the solution Save during the times of plenty So that you can have During the times of famine And that's how we're going to do it Which was an innovative concept Because remember They didn't have refrigerated systems back then They didn't have like refrigerated trucks Where they can ship everything they had to in- innovate how to save grain for multiple years. But the fact that Joseph knew that gave Pharaoh the knowledge that this man knows something that nobody else knows. He not only predicted the dream, he predicted the solution. What we have to do, if we want to live a life of happiness, is learn. How to think about controlling our minds to be happy, but to be happy in a way that is built on strong, resilient thoughts in times of plenty. You don't think of happiness in times of famine, you're overwhelmed with your feelings in times of famine. If, God forbid, you're in challenge, you're not thinking about happiness. When you're in challenge, you go to your instincts. And if your instincts are based on happiness, are based on positive thoughts, are based on understanding where your thoughts come from, and knowing what is yours and what isn't yours, what you can control, what you can't control, it's based on faith. If if you're able to work if we are able to work on our thoughts and feelings during times of plenty then when we hit times of challenge we will go into instinct mode and then we'll have even in times of challenge this is a big deal If those who are ever performed anywhere whether it's in sports or it's in arts or whatever it is in presentations or in tests You see this again and again. It's the people that are able to practice and to create the right habits before the performance, before the test. Because when you're in the moment, things go wrong. And when you're in the moment, you have to rely on your instincts. And if you've been preparing and if you've been working yourself so when you get into the situation and things start to feel more difficult the comfort that you have is that you've been here before in practice. You know how this feels. You know what to do. And your brain has an entire map that they that it built before the challenge and the storms were surrounding it. So that it knows as soon as the storms come, exactly what to do. By the way, that's why like Israel today is like, whether you agree or disagree with their policies, like it's pretty cool if they like mobilize in a moment. Like again, whether you agree or disagree, what's going on in Israel? Like every time there's a test that brings a new variant to the, vi- the to COVID, like the country shuts down. So whether you are upset or are okay with that, but the point is like it's pretty cool that there's a country today. Like can like literally mobilize, shut itself down, and deliver whatever it needs to its citizens, like on a moment's notice. Like America can never do that. Nothing wrong with America. It just can't. It's not built to be able to mobilize. Because they never had to. It didn't it, America doesn't fight wars on its borders mostly. America doesn't have to mobilize the way Israel has to mobilize and so when dealing with crisis there are plans not saying everything is perfect but there are plans there is something that you can do you can pull a lever and shut the borders and mobilize medicine and figure you can do things because they had no choice you can be sure that in between conflicts of war Israel's not sitting around going let's get back to the beach Israel's preparing itself getting a little bit better figuring it out a little bit more because they understand even if they can articulate it this same Joseph concept that if you prepare if you, if you think about famine in times of plenty then in times of famine, you'll have what to eat. All right, we'll 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 talk about this and how that works in our lives. All right, have an amazing day. With God's help, I can't wait to see you again tomorrow. Have a great day.